0: Um, But you'll notice today in this room that we actually added about 40% more chairs than we had. Last week, some of you came in today and you're like, oh, this side of the building is so much bigger than the other side. Man, this is crazy. They're the exact same size. We just tricked you last week, um, and we were able to add more chairs to this this week. So uh, we got plenty of space to grow in here, and we can move walls and add services, and we'll figure things out as we go. But uh, I want to read for us this morning week three of our series called I'll Be Home for Christmas. And uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2 today. Luke chapter 2. We're going to read, uh, starting in verse 8, and we're going to walk through this real quick together. If you guys will stand with me in honor of reading God's Word. Hey, Seth or Jacob, can you ask them if they'll migrate to the front half? I tried to tell them that, but nobody listens to me around here. All huh? right, Just kidding. Luke chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 8. Uh, Luke is writing this book, and here's what he says. Familiar story, maybe to some of us. He says, In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Sound familiar? The kids just read some of this. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people He favors. Verse 15. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and let's see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Verse 16. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And after seeing them, they reported this message they were told about, about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Let's pray. Jesus, thanks again for your word, God, for just some time that we have today to walk through your word together. Lord, I pray that you teach us something maybe we haven't seen before. God, give us insight into your word, something maybe we haven't noticed. Lord, at the end of the day, God, I pray that it draws us closer to Jesus, that we know Jesus more when we leave here. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was thinking about this question the past few days this week. As you all know, Christmas is my favorite season, my favorite time of the year. But what is your favorite Christmas movie? I don't say it out loud because then we're going to start an argument and things are going to get real tense in church today. But what is your favorite Christmas movie? That movie that every year you have to watch because it's Christmas time. I'm sure in this room we have some of you who are are the classics, man. You love the classic Charlie Brown Christmas special. I remember growing up, we couldn't just find it on YouTube. You had to wait until a certain Friday night when ABC played the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Maybe you're a little odd and a little messed up in your head, and you like Jim Carrey's version of The Grinch. That's a weird movie, y'all, just no matter how you shake that out. That's a very strange movie, because The Grinch is weird when you make him a real-life person. Maybe you're just really an oddball, and something's wrong with you, and you like Polar Express. I'm 32 years old, and I've never seen that movie before. But some people are like die-hard Polar Express fans. you got to go on the train ride every year, the Polar Express train. I don't understand you people. You're strange. Um, Maybe your favorites, one of mine is Elf. That, I believe, is one of the greatest Christmas movies ever to be made. Maybe one of the classics again. And some of you all, if you claim this as your favorite movie, we know you're not as Christian as you say you are, all right? Christmas Vacation, right? That is wonderful. Some of you are like, you like that, Aaron? Yes, I do. I love that movie, (laughs) all right? And then there's the real classic. The one that you sit around the fireplace drinking hot cocoa next to your Christmas tree with your elderly, elderly grandma in the corner handing you sugar cookies. White Christmas. White I've never seen it, so I have no idea. All right? But my personal favorite, and I will fight you, we can go out this back door after church today if we need to, I will claim this as the greatest Christmas movie of all time, hands down, I can make a case for this, no problem. The greatest Christmas movie to ever be made and filmed is Christmas with the Cranks. All right? Y'all seen that before, Christmas with the Cranks? Some of you are like, no, it's not. You don't know. Christmas with the Cranks is the greatest Christmas movie ever. But something I, I was thinking about Christmas movies this week, as we are going to be here in Luke chapter 2, and I realized that almost every single Christmas movie follows basically the same storyline. And the storyline is simply three words. Expect the unexpected. Every Christmas movie, they follow that same storyline to simply expect the, the unexpected. Unless it's a Hallmark Christmas movie, then we know exactly what to expect every single time, right? But every Christmas story basically follows that same pattern. Things are going one way and then out of nowhere the unexpected happens that completely changes the story for good. Expect the unexpected. Week chapter 1 of or week 1 of this series, we saw in Matthew chapter 1, God's grace woven throughout the Christmas story. How he was extending grace to, to you and I through the Christmas story. Week chapter two, we saw, or week two, we saw God's faithfulness found in the announcement of Jesus' birth. And then in week chapter three, expecting the unexpected, what I want us to see is God's closeness that we find here in the shepherds going to meet Jesus at the manger. That God was close to his people once again. And we're going to zoom in on the story of the shepherds. Let me pray for us real quick and then we'll we'll get right into here. Jesus again. God, I pray that you just give us insight into your word. God help us to understand you more to know you better and to love Jesus like we never have before because we interacted with your word today. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. First thing I want us to see in Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 20 is God's closeness. God's closeness in the message that the angels bring. God's closeness and the message that the angel bring. Look at verse 8 with me real quick. Luke chapter 2. It says in the same region. Don't, don't miss that real quick. Just for clarity's sake, that's tying together the first seven verses of Luke chapter 2 to these last 12 verses in Luke chapter 2, the this, this second section that we're looking at. So these shepherds find themselves in Bethlehem, just outside of Bethlehem, shepherding sheep in a field. Shepherds are pretty interesting in Scripture if you actually do a study throughout throughout the Old and New Testament about who shepherds were and what they did, because there's kind of two polar opposite views of shepherds. Throughout the Old Testament, there were several patriarchs or spiritual leaders that were found in the Old Testament that were shepherds. Some of the greatest individuals to walk on the face of the earth were shepherds. Think about it. Abraham, the father of, of Israel, the first man that God chose in Genesis 12 to father the nation of Israel. You know what he was? He was a shepherd. Think of Moses, the greatest like leader of the Jews. To this day, they still revere Moses. What, would, what was Moses? What was one of his vocations? Moses was a shepherd. King David. David, a man after God's own heart, who, who was literally the greatest king that planet Earth, aside from Jesus, has ever seen. Do you know what he was before he was a king? He was a shepherd. You even go over then to the New Testament, and we see over and over in the New Testament where Jesus is referred to as the shepherd or the great shepherd. Shepherds in Scripture are actually an elevated thing. But then we see the polar opposite happen in Scripture as well. Where well, you have on one side where shepherds are elevated and revered and some of the greatest people God has ever used were shepherds. But at the same time, shepherds in Scripture were also very despised individuals. You may be familiar with this before, but shepherds, and we see it happening here in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, they were outside of the city. They had a profession that separated them from the common people. They had a profession that kept them away from everybody else. They had a profession that actually made them unclean people. Think about it, if you spend the majority of your time just hanging out with animals in a field, likelihood is you're not going to be the most approachable type of person. You're probably going to be a little bit dirty and a little bit stinky, a little bit odd and a little bit strange. That's who shepherds were. They spent the majority of their time out in the fields taking care of these sheep. And here's what's interesting. I find this fascinating. Because of their role and because of who they were and what they did, they were actually considered ceremonially unclean to be uh, participants in temple worship. So while the rest of the Jewish people could go to the temple to worship God, shepherds were not allowed to do that because they were so dirty, so filthy, and so despised as to who they were. But here is what is fascinating. It's very likely that because of these guys' proximity, they were in Bethlehem, which is about six miles away from Jerusalem where the temple was. Historians believe that it's likely that because of their proximity to Jerusalem, that these were the shepherds that were raising the sheep that would be used for the sacrifice in the temple. Think about that. Yet they were unable to participate in that worship. Wow. Raising the sheep likely, who were going to be used for temple sacrifice, yet they were unable to participate in that very sacrifice and in that very worship. These guys find themselves out in a field. When verse 9, look what happens. Suddenly. That's a great word. Suddenly. The unexpected. Expecting the unexpected. Verse 9 says that suddenly an angel of the Lord appears. Then the second half of verse 9 says that God's glory enveloped them, literally surrounded them. The angel in verse 10 speaks the greatest message that we could ever want as human beings, that the Messiah had come. God's redemption plan was coming to pass. We had a way now not to be enemies, but now friends of God. And I love, I want us to see two things in verse 9 that I think are significant. Up to this point, here's what's so important about the angel arriving and proclaiming this message. Up to this point, we said this last week, and maybe you even heard it on our podcast this week. God's been silent up to Luke chapter 2 for 400 years. That's a long time. That's several generations that have passed when nobody's heard from God. Here's a little side truth for, for us, and some of us may have experienced this. We've talked about this several months ago. Did you know you can be in proximity to somebody and not be close to them? Ever think about that? You can be in proximity but not be close to someone. And typically that closeness, the barrier between it, is communication. Think about it. You can be in a room this size, 30, 40 people in here right now, and be totally alone if nobody talks to you. Think about it with a, any relationship, whether it be a spouse, uh, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, a friend, coworkers, doesn't matter. Existing in the same space, maybe this has happened in your marriage before, you get in a fight, you can literally be standing in the same room, but if you haven't talked to each other for 24 hours, you're not close friends listen god never left one of the character traits and qualities of who god is is his omnipresence it means he's all places at all time he never left the jewish people but he was quiet so they didn't feel close to him it's why they continued to try to come up with these ritualistic religious practices in this effort to restore their closeness to god and it didn't work We needed a Messiah to get us close again. And this is the first time that God speaks in 400 years. He's restoring their closeness to him. Here's the second thing, and I thought this was so fascinating. Verse 9 says, let me read this for us again. The angel of the Lord stood before them. It's pretty incredible. It says they were were terrified, right? (laughs) Duh. Now watch this. And then the glory of who? The Lord shone around them. For 32 years, I thought that was the angel's glory. It was God's. Here's why that's fascinating. This is the first time in centuries that God's glory was among his people again. It gives me goosebumps. Because Jesus finally arrived as a baby and God's presence was back really among his people. His glory came with it. That blew my mind this week. With Jesus' presence, God's glory came too. And because of all this, God was close to his people again. Here's the second thing I want us to see. God's closeness in the promise. God's closeness in the promise. You see, with the arrival of Jesus in that manger, God had fulfilled a promise he made back in Genesis 3, verse 15. He told them that someday there'd be a Messiah that would come and stomp the head of Satan. And with the birth of Jesus, that's exactly what happened. But the manger was evidence of the promise. The manger was the physical sign that God had really done that thing because Jesus laid in that feeding trough. What astonishes me every year is that I feel like Jesus, or Jesus came to the wrong people. You're like, have you pondered that? Maybe you have before. He came to the wrong people in this story. You see, if Jesus really wanted to impact the world, shouldn't he have actually went to maybe a king? That makes more sense because a king is an influencer. Right? We live in the social media age where it's all about being an influencer. Right? You want to impact as many people as you possibly can. Wouldn't it make more sense if Jesus had come instead to a group of shepherds if he actually went to a priest? Why didn't he go to the temple to the high priest? And the high priest could have then taken this message that the Messiah had come and given it to the people. But he didn't do that. Why didn't Jesus, instead of coming to a group of lowly shepherds, instead go to uh, maybe a group of wealthy business people? people who had the resources and the talents to take this message of a coming Messiah and get it out to the people very quickly. Here's what I'm so guilty of, and the Lord's been convicting me of this this week. I always say this to myself. I did this in high school. Man, if we could just get those people saved, then God could change the world. Think about it. The big thing right now, and I, I, I normally don't do cultural stuff, Kanye West, right? Kanye West got saved. We're still... Weighing the fruit on that, but right now some pretty neat things are happening. And I heard that and I I thought to myself, man, now God's going to do something cool in the world because Kanye West got saved. And I read Luke chapter 2 and the Lord reminds me of something. God doesn't need my position, my power, or my prestige to impact the world with the gospel. You know God can do the exact same thing through you and me that he can do through Kanye. He doesn't need my position to do it. What does he need? Belief in his word and passion for his glory. That's all the shepherds had. They had the word of God and passion for the glory of God. And that's all it took for them to take this message and go change people's lives. They were not people of influence. Notice verse 15. The angels come, the multitude is before them singing. The heavenly host is, we've seen this in Christmas plays before. And then verse 15, when the angels left them, Imagine being a shepherd in that moment. Incredible thing you've just seen. Angels left them and returned to heaven. And what what does it say happened? And the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem. Let's go straight there. You know, you can't find one verse in here where they were commanded to do that. Why? It's the natural overflow of having an encounter with God is that you've got to go find out what he said and tell other people about it. I love that. The angel never said, Now I've told you this, go to Bethlehem. They didn't have to be told to go. They had an encounter with God and it changed them and they had to go figure it out and find out more about it and tell other people about it. I love that. How could they not go? Here's the third one and we'll start to land the plane. God's closeness that is found in the manger. God's closeness that is found in that manger. Imagine this scene for a second. We don't know how many shepherds they were. It's like the wise men. We make estimations. Were there three wise men or a thousand? We don't know. I think that there were several hundred wise men, but we can talk about that next week where the three, ten, thirty shepherds were really not sure what was going on here, but all they were told was to make that trek from where they were in the field, then they go into Bethlehem to find this baby lying in a manger. Bethlehem was not a huge city, but it was several thousand people at the time, maybe considered a village at this point. I would imagine we could make the assumption in Bethlehem there were several barns, stables, caves, wherever you think Jesus was born doesn't matter, get over all that stuff, all right? But can you imagine this group of, of these shepherds coming into Bethlehem? First off, they really weren't supposed to be there because they weren't really allowed to. But they come into Bethlehem. How did they know where to find Jesus? It wasn't a star. A star came two years later. You know what they would have had to do? Go stable to stable to stable, looking for Jesus. Here's a little side note for us. Sometimes the relationship with God is a pursuit and a journey that we have to go on. That's free. You can take that home. Tweet that. All right, it's good. All right? But they're just looking for this baby, and then imagine when they finally find the one. They find the stable. They peek their head in. I mean, just imagine this group. Let's say 10 guys. I don't know. Stinky, smelly shepherds. Maybe they got one of them's got a sheep under his arm. The other guy's wearing a wool coat. I don't know what they've got going on. And they're running, stable to stable to stable. And they finally find the one. They crack the door open. There's Joseph probably thinking, who y'all, you know? What are you guys doing here? There's Mary who's likely maybe just laid Jesus down in this manger. And she's, I know y'all first time moms, okay? You imagine a group of 10 shepherds just rolls up into your, like the, the, the maternity ward at the hospital and say, hey, we came to visit you. No, you didn't. Get your hand sanitizer out, right? You're getting these guys going. But they roll up to this stable and they look in and they see Jesus. There's that promise that was fulfilled for them. But here's what's so cool about this. Where was the one place in a city, if they were to come in the city, that a shepherd would have been able to go? A stable. Because they were only allowed among the animals. This was the one place where they could go. The people who were viewed as the lowliest in society, that's where they could go to see Jesus. See, because if he was born among kings, they could have never got to him. If Jesus was was born among priests, they weren't allowed there. If he had been born to the wealthy business people, they would have shunned the shepherds and say, you can't come into where our space and our existence. But watch what Jesus does instead. Jesus instead came to a place where everyone, a manger, where everyone, no matter their social status, no matter their influence or prestige, Jesus came to a place where everybody could draw close to him. That's where he came. Friends, two takeaways and then I'll pray. The first is this. I think a lot of us feel this at Christmas time. Christmas reminds us that when God feels distant, He's close. When God feels distant, and it seems that that is often magnified in this season, from this, all throughout that month of December, is sometimes where God's distance between us, because of our activity, because of relational strain, because of busyness, that God begins to feel more and more distant. And Luke 2 in the Christmas story that reminds us that in those times where he feels distant, actually he's close. Let's not forget that. The second thing the Christmas story reminds us here is that in those seasons and in those times and in those moments where God seems silent, he's still close. He'll speak, just wait, remain faithful, trust him, he moves every time. When he's silent, he's still close. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you again for your word. God, I pray that, uh, God, this just serves as an encouragement to us today. God, that even in those seasons and those moments and those times, Lord, where um, your silence can almost be overwhelming. God, in those times where we feel so far from you, Lord, that we're not even sure if we can navigate our way back. I pray today just serves as a simple encouragement and reminder that in those seasons, you're still close to us. And because you're close, we can trust you. God, I pray now as we sing that our worship would just ring and echo towards heaven. God, that you'd incline your ear to hear our praises. We love you so much, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray these things. Amen. Friends, let's stand as we sing.